1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on v It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics.
2: It is a numbers game here on v Happy to be with you on a Thursday morning here, on, here in February. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander yet again. Uh, we will be talking to Gilly, though, today. Have your alarms at 11.15 Eastern Time. We'll t- be talking with Gil. Danny Burke's going to be with me 15 minutes from now. And then, of course, our guy, Will Hill. He hosts the New York City cast. And, of course, a uh, decent contributor over the years. Will Hill will be with us later on in the program. But uh, let's start off, though. Let's Let's dive right in. We know... Over the next week plus, we're gonna be going through hundreds of props as they continue to file out. The books continue to throw them up throughout the weeks, the week leading up to the big game. And let, let's just let's just dive right in. Our normal update of the day, the regular spread total. We're sitting where we've been sitting now for the better portions of three days now on the spread. Rams still four and a half total, starting to settle in market wide at 48 and a half. So we're in good shape there at 48 and a half. Uh, if you bet the under early, uh you may be uh, getting some, uh, C- CLV there on that, but let's, uh, I, I just want to revisit something. I ended the show with yesterday to just, just remind everyone, keep on the lookout for this. The, uh, a few major books, including, uh, including our, our show sponsor, BetMGM, MGM. They have not posted The props yet for the tight ends, which, again, looks like Tyler Higbee is trending towards not playing in this game for the L.A. Rams. C.J. Uzama, we're still not certain of. Of course, there was a report on Monday that he escaped significant injury in the AFC championship game and has a shot of going in the Super Bowl. Just be on the lookout whenever those posts. Again, I'm curious to see where those numbers post. Kendall Blanton is the name we're looking at still on the Rams side. That's the guy I like to go over receptions, over receiving yards for Blanton. Probably more receptions than receiving yards because I anticipate that Blanton is going to be utilized in that short screen passing game like we saw in the NFC Championship game. Of course, Blanton, four catches in the NFC Championship game, three the entire regular season. So at least be wary of that if you're betting his props. But I do like his props over Once those post, if you look at the regular receivers, we visited this a little bit yesterday. Cooper cups. Number is still outrageously high 102 and a half is the number that you're looking at 105 and a half is where cup opened. And we're still, still a bed down and 102 and a half, still a, an outrageously high number. Uh, As you see on your screen, most of these numbers still the same, Actually, all these numbers still the same as of this morning. Jamar Chase at 80 and a half. T. Higgins, 69 and a half. Odell Beckham, 64 and a half. Tyler Boyd, 39 and a half. Van Jefferson, 34 and a half. Those are all receiving yardage. And again, there are a ton of props out there. Every single book is doing props. Shop around. If you like a certain number under, look for the highest number, obviously, that you can find. If you're looking for an over, search for the lowest number. On the numbers on your screen, the one that I like the best, like I said yesterday, T. Higgins over receptions. It was five and five and a half in the AFC Championship game. He went over both of those numbers. Five and a half flat, minus 110. I like that on Higgins. That's the one I would be looking at receiver-wise in this one, uh, if you're going to be betting the receiving props as of this moment. Again, these are we're going to be looking at these the whole next week plus, so a lot to go through. Uh, Quarterbacks-wise, and I did some thinking last night and and did a little uh, just did a little background on, on both of these guys a little bit further. At least Matthew Stafford, because again, look, we know what Joe Burrow is at this point, where he's still developing He is a guy that, look, I don't even think he's played as close to his best in this postseason. The best play Joe Burrow has made in this postseason was actually with his legs in the AFC Championship game. But Matthew Stafford is still the wild card between these two, which is odd to say about a guy who's been in the league for 13 years as opposed to a guy who's in his second year and just completing his first full season in Joe Burrow. As you look at the numbers for these props, and there are a, a, a hundred hundreds of props out there. One that actually isn't on our screen that I'm actually looking at, and this all depends on game flow. Stafford and Burrow, their passing attempts at BetMGM, they're both juiced to the over. Burrow's at thirty six and a half juiced to the over minus one thirty. Stafford's juiced to the over at thirty five and a half at minus one twenty five. Now, we talked about this yesterday with Todd Wishnev a little bit. A good amount of books, especially in the newer jurisdictions, will offer continuous in game props. That is a thing that does exist. The, the, the passing attempts one is the one to attack if you're looking at an in game potential prop opportunity. Pre flop, I would look to, I, if anything, I look to play Burrow under 36 and a half. The only thing I will say with that is, if and we talked about it going into the Kansas City game, the less carries for Joe Mixon the better, even if Joe Mixon is effective. Even just because if Cincinnati's in this game, they're probably going to be doing it with Burrow's arm more than Mixon's legs. As we saw, Mixon was not or really was not effective at all in that AFC Championship game, except for that final run, which we know. <laughs> He may or may not have been down. It was a little bit over four yards of carry, thanks to that long run at the end, which pushed him over four yards of carry. So he was below four yards of carry, which we know not the best. Mixon's rushing total, by the way, in this uh, for the prop, 64 and a half. Sounds about right. I like how Matthew Stafford's rushing totals got up the entire postseason was a half in the first playoff game was one and a half, then two and a half. Now we're at five and a half. And I'm sure that will only be bet over. I know it's juice to the under right now, but I'm sure people will say, oh, Stafford's Stafford's been in double digits, three, two of the three games in this postseason, rushing the ball. We're going to bet it over again. I would not do that. Burrow. I do like over 11 and a half rushing yards. The only concern is always, as we know in the, in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes is rushing total from two years ago. One of the worst beats you've ever seen. You got guys taking knees at the end of the game. If they are winning, that is something at least to look out for. I also like uh, Cam Akers under 13 and a half long as Rush as well on that board. But back to the quarterbacks real quick. This whole game comes down to Matthew Stafford more than Joe Burrow. Because the one thing we know with Burrow is we know Burrow's not going to play the Bengals out of the game. The only time that has really happened this year with Burrow was the mistake he made on the goal line against the Browns in early November. That pick six completely flipped that game on its head. But we know at this point Joe Burrow is not going to make the the soul-crushing mistake to play Cincinnati out of this game. Matthew Stafford as we know and as we've talked about on this radio program and as we've talked about throughout the year, Stafford has already been guilty of playing the Rams out of multiple games this year, especially that Tennessee one on the Sunday night, as we know, the two interceptions leading to two Tennessee touchdowns. He probably should have played the Rams out of two games also at the end of the year, as we have talked about as well. The Minnesota game, Matthew Stafford played horribly. They got away with it. The Rams did Matthew Stafford until the final drive in Baltimore really played poorly in that game. The Rams got away with it. Now look, Matthew Stafford is a guy who we know is already look I, I, again. You probably looking at it, A guy who's in the hall of very good, probably nowhere close to the hall of fame at this point, unless if he wins multiple in LA, but this is the legacy game for Matthew Stafford. You win in the first year out of Detroit, you win a title, People are going to look at you differently. And for Stafford to just get past the fact that, look, I still look at him as a guy who, even though I think he's a very good quarterback, clearly top half, probably even bottom half, top 10 at this point, I'm still not fully trusting him. Now he made the big throw in Tampa Bay to Cooper Cup. He led the Rams into a field goal position at the end against the 49ers to, uh, to at least give them the lead. And then the Rams defense did the rest. This is a Cincinnati defense that has a is a good pass rush, has a good defensive coordinator who is willing to play coverage against anyone, as we learned against this Kansas City Chiefs. They backed everyone out. They went to Rex Ryan defense against the New England Patriots in the 2010 playoffs, and it worked. It confused Mahomes. No one could get open for the most part. That's the thing I'm looking at with Stafford. How does he handle a scenario like that if Cincinnati decides to back out Rush four, rush three, and just play coverage and try to get covered sacks and just try to cover. That's what I'm looking at. And that's why for Stafford props, I'm probably going to stay off. But if your book that you bet at offers in-game props, that's what you need to look at. That's the angle you look at. The quarterbacking props are the best ones, especially past attempts, especially if they're offering interceptions as well, over a half. If Stafford looks to be befuddled by the defense and trying to force, that's something you look at. That's where you look, these props. That's what I would look at as well for this big. Again, there are so many props. More <laughs> props are going to continue to be rolling out over the next week. Be on the lookout. We're also going to be talking kicker props later in the show as well because we all, we all know how much we love Money Mac here on the program. Evan McPherson, who is just a, an absolute stud at this point. Matt Gay, who, uh, again, missed as many field goals in the last two weeks as he did the entire regular season. A little bit shakier, despite how good he was in the regular season, than Evan McPherson. All right, coming up next, Danny Burke. He hosts Rush Hour. He hosts the Chicago City Cast as well. We're going to get his initial thoughts on the big game and also we'll get his thoughts on the NBA's Eastern Conference, the Chicago Bulls at the top of the East. Is he buying them still? Last we'll Danny, all that. We come back next on a numbers game. Brought to you by BetMGM here on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: A numbers game with Gil Alexander
1: on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: With the big game right around the corner, it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted-out specials, and much more. So download BetMGM today or stop by any casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open your account and start placing sports wagers from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. So visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. It must be 21 or older and located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call one 800 522-4700. It is a numbers game. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you this morning. Danny Burke on standby. You, We will be hearing from the regular host of this program, Gil Alexander, at 1115 Eastern Time. So be on the lookout for that an hour from now. But we got to bring him in, though. He's the host of Rush Hour, the Chicago City cast as well. He was also producer number six of this very program it is Danny Burke Danny good morning thank you uh from getting out underneath the snow to join us this morning
3: <laughs> anything for you Jeff you know I I put on the boots I laced them up the warm jacket uh walked over and uh I'm ready to go man we're surviving this winter and it's uh it's a little bit different unlike you out in the west coast getting the gulf this month uh, not quite the same here but we're managing
2: Danny, it was 34 degrees this morning, and it felt like we were in the Arctic. That's how uh, jaded we are now (laughs) out here uh, in comparison to you guys who got all that snow. Uh, Danny, uh, let's start with the big game now. uh, Bengals, Rams, your initial thoughts as we sit uh, a little over a week out from the game.
3: Yeah, my initial thoughts were, Jeff, I I think most people had the same agreement on where this thing was going to open about three in the hook in terms of the spread total. I think you could argue really anywhere from about 49 to about, you know, 51, which is the highest we saw it open at Westgate. And, you know, of course, that thing dropped down out of 48 and a half, which we're basically consistently seeing, especially here in Illinois. And I wasn't surprised, Jeff, that we saw the initial movement toward the Rams on the spread. I will say I am a little shocked that it's continued to move to the Rams up to minus four and a half. Now, realistically, I'm sure that'll come back down the closer we get to Super Bowl weekend when you actually see this line being affected, when the majority of the public finally starts getting their bets in, because as we know, the one game that actually gets affected by public is going to be the big one in the NFL. But again, you know, I I don't disagree with this movement, Jeff, and I'm hoping that it does come back down on Cincinnati a considerable amount so I can get a better look at Los Angeles because, frankly, I do think... They are the better team in this spot. And in the hand up, look, Cincinnati's proven me wrong time and time again. I took their season win total under like six and a half before the season, and now look where they are. And when it came to the postseason, I'm honestly not surprised that they made it to the AFC Championship game based on their draw and how weak I thought the Raiders and Titans were going to be. But there's no way I thought they were going to be the Chiefs, let alone come back from that huge deficit. And then you look at the Rams, and you could argue this team's been so volatile all all-season, untrustworthy, Matt Stafford, bad under pressure, all of it, you name it. But this Rams team, Jeff, has really been building up to this moment for several years now. They went all in. They've got the veterans. They've got the experience. And even though Stafford hasn't necessarily been in the stage, he's been beaten down badly enough to be ready for this experience. And you look at Cincinnati on the other side, yes, they've had a lot of spark. They've had a lot of magic. Great heroes from their kicker, from Joe Burrow, from Jamar Chase. But honestly, I think this game is going to be one in the trenches. And I think Aaron Donald and Von Miller and company are going to have their way getting through that front line of Cincinnati's offense. And I think they're going to make a considerable impact on Joe Burrow. So I do think the Rams have the advantage here. Because even if Joe Burrow does get some time, they can still counter it. Jalen Ramsey, Jamar Chase, they can't really get the running game going because the Rams have such a great run defense. So as long as Stafford, and it's a big as-long-if, you know, as long as he's not throwing these picks and making the dump throws, that almost cost of that tart drop, that pick against the 40, or uh, uh, when Stafford was against the 49ers, I do think the Rams are the right side here. But again, I'm waiting to see if I could get a better price, either if it's spread or money line.
2: Danny Burke with us right now. Of course, he hosts Rush Hour here on this very network. Six o'clock Eastern time, Monday through Friday. You can catch Danny live from the city of Chicago. Danny, uh, of course, uh, you're a big prop guy. are there there anything in the prop market that you're looking to attack early or are you being patient and seeing how these markets play out?
3: I am being a little bit patient for the big ones being quarterback, running back, receiver props. However, the one that stood out to me thus far is looking at the under rushing yards for Cam Akers. I think that's going to be a popular one, and I think the number was as high as about 65.5. And honestly, I just don't see this as a scenario where the Rams try to run the ball. That hasn't been the mantra for them for a majority of the season, and it certainly hasn't this postseason. So that would be something I would consider. Again, I'm being a little bit hesitant just to see where these numbers move, and I'll probably attack it more so next week. But last night on the show, Jeff, actually I was looking into some of these kicking props, which is honestly a reason that I I find very entertaining, because props in itself on a week-to-week basis, Kind of an untapped market, and especially when you go into the kicking prop where most people do not care about it. But when you got a dynamic kicker like Evan McPherson, it's kind of hard to ignore it for this spot. But the way that I bet it, I looked at the total successful field goals in the first half by the Bengals over a half minus 143. Look, it's a little bit steep to lay, I understand, but I did the same route last week with Cincinnati against the Chiefs because really the philosophy of it is if you're Cincinnati, you're an underdog. So realistically, at least in my eyes, chances you're going to be trailing. And in the first half, you're going to try to get any type of points you could get on the board, whether if it's, say, you're like fourth and four, where in the second half you might consider going for it. In the first half, you just want to get points up there, especially against this lethal Rams defense. So you're more prone to settling for a field goal in the first half than you would be in the second half, especially if you're trailing. You've got to be more aggressive. you got to get six. And they trust this kid, obviously. He's an absolute stud. He had two field goals made in the first half versus the Raiders in the playoff game, three at Tennessee, one at Kansas City. So I think that's going to be the type of situational play you see by the Bengals. If they're going to be more prone to settling for field goals, it'll be in the first half, which we have seen be apparent in this postseason. So that's what I did. Total successful field goals. Why the Bengals in the first half over a half?
2: Danny Burke with us right now. Danny, uh, I just want to ask you one more NFL thing that doesn't have to do with the game because the NFC North, maybe without Aaron Rodgers next year, the Bears have a new coach. The Vikings seemingly have a new coach. Detroit is Detroit. If Rodgers doesn't stick around, I I guess you got to make Minnesota the favorite in that division. But boy, did that become a mess pretty quickly up there.
3: And that's what makes it so exciting, especially for us Bears fans, right, Jeff? I mean, you're not wrong in the sense that Minnesota would become the short shot in the division, but at least there's a a bright horizon, right? There's like new days. It's like being released from captivity or something if Aaron Rodgers leaves the NFC North. Actually, some hope for everybody else in the division. But you're right. Just because we still need to see some development out of Justin Fields, we need to see what the Bears can acquire in the offseason to help them out. I think it would be Vikings then it would be Bears, and then honestly, I think you can make an argument either way for the Packers or the Lions, if Aaron Rodgers is out of the mix, because Jordan Love hasn't looked good, Jeff, we know that, and the Lions actually were really competitive, but can they actually turn a lot of those closed games into dubs? That's the big question here, but I think it's going to get a lot more exciting for everyone <laughs> except for Packers fans, but it will be, it will be a blast to kind of go over those odds and see where they end up at.
2: Yeah, I'm very interested to see, by the way, also too, Kevin O'Connell seems to be the man in Minnesota mm-hmm. that came out yesterday. Of course, Matt Everflus was hired last week by the Bears to replace uh, Matt Nagy. Danny, we have ab- about 90 seconds here. I want to switch to the NBA real quick. The Chicago Bulls, as we sit here on the morning of February 3rd, are still number one in the East. It's time we truly consider this team as a, as a full-on contender in the Eastern Conference, not just as regular season darling, right? You know what? The
3: answer is yes, Jeff, but honestly, unless they make a huge move before the trade deadline, I think their ceiling is the Eastern Conference Finals. And This is me coming to you as a diehard Bulls fan, someone who has their win total over, someone who's going to be hyping them up all postseason, but realistically they still need another big man to come off the bench because Tony Bradley ain't cutting it, and we know that Booch is certainly a liability down low. They need someone like an Enos Kanter type, like a Daniel Tice who helped out last season to help contribute off the bench, and of course They'll be healthy. They gotta get their guys Lonzo Ball, Caruso, Derrick Jones Jr. Patrick Williams all back in the mix as well. But yes, Jeff, they absolutely are in consideration. I just don't know if they have what it takes to compete with a healthy Nets team in a seven game series. It gets a big body like a Joel Embiid, like a Giannis in a seven game series. So that's why they need that additional piece. Jeremy Grant, a name that's been floated around a lot if they can acquire that name then yes i think they can actually come out on top of the east but realistically as of now their ceiling is reaching the eastern conference finals
2: the bulls are right now at betmgm 11 to 1 to win the eastern conference the nets the bucks the heat and the 76ers all with shorter Numbers than Chicago. He's Danny Burke. Of course, get him on the tweets at Danny Burke5. You can also find his show, of course, rush hour, 6 to 7 Eastern time, Monday through Friday, here on VSIN. Danny, always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks for being with us this morning.
3: You got it, Jeff. Anytime, my man.
2: Of course, we're going to be coming back with some NBA talk, actually, next. The wrong team is favored right now at Ben MGM to win the title. I'll tell you why next, here on VSIN's A Numbers Game.
1: A numbers game with Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network.
2: Welcome back. It is a numbers game here on v And you know, the best place to get all your betting insights on the big game is with us here at v And right now you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch and tips from our experts. So, Visit com slash Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. That's com slash Bowl for the VEASAN big game betting guide. Everyone got that? All right, good. We're in good shape there. It is a numbers game here on VEASAN. I'm happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. Will Hill will be with us in about 15 minutes time. Got a lot of good questions for Will. He hosts the New York City cast. There is a... Uh, there are there are floundering basketball teams right now in that market. Maybe a little bit dramatic on floundering for one of them, but he's struggling. Both of those teams, right now. Uh, I want to hop in, into the NBA here for a little bit, uh, quickly on the on the on the regular season MVP, where that race has become absolutely fascinating from a four headed monster perspective. Where at the beginning of the year we all thought, where the way Steph Curry started the year that this was going to be just a runaway, Shohei Otani-style runaway for Steph Curry. Steph Curry's now the fourth favorite. That's how far this has flipped. Where Giannis at 4-1, Steph Curry at plus 425 at Ben MGM, and then Joel Embiid and Nikolai Jokic, the reigning MVPs, or MVP, I should say, not plural, are the favorites. Joel Embiid's on this ridiculous run right now where... Only only averaging 35 and 15 in the last three weeks. The Sixers have vaulted to the three seed in the East. Now, Jokic right now is on pace for the best player efficiency rating in history of the league for a single season. Jokic's season right now would be better than any season LeBron James had, but st- statistically speaking, which is obviously absurd. Jokic uh, did not play last night for the Nuggets. They fell to the Jazz uh, off night for Jokic. Nuggets right now in the six hole in the West. Sixers, as I said, in the three hole in the East. I will say this. If we're going strictly off numbers, Jokic should win the award again, which is really ridiculous for a guy who, look, uh, for the beginning of his career, Jokic was not respected properly, uh, fairly or not. He's been an elite player now for four seasons. But right now, if you're going strictly off the numbers, especially the PER, again, would be the, if it end, season ended today, Nikola Jokic's player efficiency rating would be the highest in the league history for a single season. Over Jordan, anything Jordan did, over anything LeBron did, anything over Magic did, be the best one ever. But I just have a hard time seeing the voters voting for Jokic two consecutive years. So if you're making me bet today... The bet I would actually make is neither of the two I've just mentioned. I would bet Giannis at four to one because at some point Milwaukee is going to make a big push. And Giannis will be the reason for said big push. Now I understand Giannis won back-to-back MVPs. Maybe you're looking at photo fatigue even though he didn't win it last year. I don't think that would be the case. That would be the way I look at it uh from an MVP perspective. Uh John Morant's the only other guy who shorted at 30 to 1, he's 10 to 1. Don't when don't bet that he's not going to be it. It's not worth it. Let's uh let's go over though to uh, just the traditional Eastern Conference odds here and title odds. We'll start with the East because the Brooklyn Nets are the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference and at the moment stink. Since Kevin Durant has hurt himself, since Kevin Durant hurt his uh hurt his leg, the Nets have struggled. They're also currently on a five-game losing streak as well. Last night, competitive. Or excuse me uh two nights ago competitive against phoenix lose by 10 last night go on the road to the kings who are bad right now losers of seven straight going into last night have a seven point or have have a uh, have a lead going into the fourth by five the nets do outscore 29 to 15 lose by 12, lose by 11 james harden was looked horrible last night looked disinterested last night Kyrie Irving was fine. No, really, the only guy who played well last night for Brooklyn was Nicholas Claxton. But as you look at it here, the Nets right now are a game and a half ahead of Charlotte for the play in seven seed, which would be by far the worst possible location for Brooklyn right now. Because of Kyrie Irving's uh, vaccine status, he's obviously he's not allowed to play based off the law in New York City in home games in Brooklyn. If the Nets got the seven seed, that would be a lot more precarious than you would, you would think for any team because if the Nets were to have to play two play-in games, they would both be at home without Kyrie Irving. James Harden has looked pretty disinterested for more times than he should have in in this losing streak. Durant, obviously, we expect to see Durant back in a few weeks. He'll be more than ready by the time the playoffs get rolling in mid-April. But Brooklyn right now is still the favorite in the Eastern Conference. Plus 135 at Ben MGM. They shouldn't be a dollar and a half favorite over anyone at this point. Milwaukee's a three to one. Now the Bucks have had their issues at times. They have had plenty of nights where they've just taken a night off. That's going to happen when you're the defending champs in your first run to repeat. I'm not overly worried about them. Miami's been stellar. Jimmy Butler's been out for over 15 games. Tyler Hero missed two weeks. Doesn't matter. They're six to one. Kyle Lowry hasn't played in 10 days either. The Bulls, as we talked about earlier with, uh, with Danny Burke, I think the Bulls are a nice regular season story. I'm not betting them. The Philadelphia 76ers are the interesting one. Now, but the the range on Philadelphia right now for books is anywhere from plus 750 all the way to 12 to 1 to win the Eastern Conference. The big question with them with the trade deadline seven days away now is will they move Ben Simmons? I don't think they will. I think Daryl Morey is stubborn. We're in a scenario where the Sixers are going to hold Pat. And – for this season, I don't think that's the right move. Joel Embiid, as we've talked, we talked about in the beginning of the segment, favorite for MVP right now on just this insane run of scoring and rebounding. And their role players have actually played pretty well recently. And I don't think in a playoff run, their role players are going to be able to hold up. I love Maxi; He's been great. In this run, at 30 the other night when they won without Embiid against Memphis. But I would not, I don't trust Philadelphia unless if they make a move for one more big player, and that probably would take moving Ben Simmons for less than Daryl Morey would like to. But what this comes down to more than anything is that the Brooklyn Nets, who are currently at Jam, the Eastern Conference favorite and the, and the NBA Championship favorite, shouldn't be the favorite anymore. They just, they, at this this point in time, and now, could they get it together? Of course. The, bigger, the first step to that is actually getting all three of the big three on the court at the same time, which has barely happened since they traded for James Harden last year. And again, it's going to be hard for them unless if New York City changes the vaccine mandate law or Kyrie Irving gets vaccinated, don't expect either to happen. You can't anticipate that, and you can't bet on Brooklyn right now. It's just not a good bet. From the NBA Finals perspective, with the way that the Phoenix Suns have been this year, the Phoenix Suns, by the way, very bad season win total under bet by me on Phoenix. Looks like we're going to split the two that we had preseason. Toronto over looks very good. Phoenix under uh, is totally done. Phoenix is 41 and 11 through 50. We're going to lose that one easily. Phoenix right now at 7-1, to one, which is tied with Milwaukee as the third favorite. They're the best team in the NBA. And they were just in the finals a year ago. And as long as, again, with them, if Chris Paul stays healthy, Phoenix is the best team in the NBA to me. Golden State had that great run at the beginning. I have no problem with them being the second favorite. But if you're going to give me a seven-game series we're giving Phoenix home court, I'm taking Phoenix every time to win that series. And the rest of the West, look, the Joe Ingles injury for Utah is a big deal. That is a big piece that they lose. The Lakers, come on. They're never going to get it together. Memphis, great regular season story. Probably going to win a playoff series, maybe two. But I don't see them getting through the Western Conference. Phoenix right now, they are so much better than everyone else. Devin Booker is still... Amazingly, one of the most underrated superstars in all sports—not just the NBA, all of sports. Monty Williams is going to win the Coach of the Year in all likelihood this year after last year not winning it. Phoenix is the bet right now, especially if you can get seven, seven to one still on the Suns. That would be the only way to do it. Brooklyn should not be the favorite. I'm sorry, it just shouldn't be. They should be behind for if, for me. Everyone in that left column except for the Lakers and Utah. I'd rather have in my pocket right now on your screen. And includes Golden State, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Miami, Philadelphia. I'll even throw Memphis and Chicago in there at the current numbers that they have. We'll get uh, the host of the New York City cast, Will Hill. Look at his thoughts on what I just said on Brooklyn and more with Will Hill next on the numbers game. welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use the bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet on BetMGM. BetMGM is a proud, authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. And again, use the bonus code. This is the most important part, guys. V-SIN 200, that's VSIN200. That's vsin N two zero zero to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. I think you're going to be good on that if you make that play. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older to place a wager. It's a new customer offer only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards are issued as a non-transferable free bet or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, nor Nevada. It is a numbers game here on V I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you. Now with us though, and as usual. 1045 eastern slot it is our guy will hill host of the new york city cast and of course uh contributes to the net- network throughout the week will good morning good to see you uh, I-, I just want to dive right in on what i was talking about before uh you hopped on here and that is the uh that is the sluggish brooklyn nets right now who have lost uh five in a row who really have not looked good at all since kd went out and well, the betting markets haven't really adjusted the futures numbers properly on this team. They shouldn't be the favorite to win the East or to win the championship.
4: Yeah, I've been I've been kind of saying that uh, all year that the number doesn't really reflect who they are. I mean, I guess you know you don't really gain anything by moving them down. You just add more lia- liability if you're a book. But uh, you know, it, it's funny they got Durant and Kyrie June, July, two thousand nineteen. They got hardened a year ago. It just seems like they're never on the court at the same time. It feels like it's always something. You know, Durant's back, Kyrie's out. Kyrie's back, this one's out. It just, I think they've only played 17 or 18 games, the three of them together. Uh, Kyrie only get for home games. Now, there's a version of this where four or five weeks from now, uh, they're all healthy. They're probably still, their best is probably still the best, but uh, I just don't trust them to stand the court. I mean, Durant's in his 30s. He's got, you know, leg injuries. Uh, maybe he comes back. I'm, I'm sure he will, but. Uh, you know, Harden's had injuries, you know, he, his weight's always been an issue his conditioning, that kind of thing. Kyrie for all the vaccine stuff. He's a guy who always gets hurt. I mean, he's only finished two out of the last six seasons. He's only played 70 plus games, I think once in his career. So seems like it's always something with them. And look, when you're built around a big three like that, you're just not going to have the depth and you're not going to be able to sustain an injury.
2: No, a hundred percent. And uh, look, last night they lose to the Kings. Never want to lose to the Kings under any <laughs> circumstance, especially the way that they managed to blow that game in the fourth quarter. But what will, in part, we we talked about this earlier in the week. One angle on the show uh, while Gil was uh, while Gil was on that the Sixers to win the Atlantic Division was a pretty good bet because the Nets were still favored at that point. It was minus one thirty on Brooklyn, plus one ten. On the Philadelphia 76ers. Now at BetMGM, that's a coin flip. Sixers are minus 110 to win the division. The Nets are minus 110. This is to win the Atlantic division in the regular season. Philadelphia minus 110 to win the Atlantic division is still a really
4: good bet. Still a great bet. They let one get away. I got them plus 175 a week ago. I gave them out on the podcast. They let one get away, though, last night against the Wizards. Mm -hmm. They had a chance to get up a full three games, uh, three in the lost column. Nets going in the wrong direction. You could kind of pull away and. Uh, I, I think what's good about that bet, the nets we saw last year, they don't really care about the regular season and, and probably rightfully. So they're just going to be more, more worried about, you know, getting their ducks in a row, getting ready for the post season, as opposed to, you know, trying to win every single last game. Remember they kind of punted on home court advantage last year, late uh, in the regular season. I still think Philly wins that division starting to get some rumblings that a bill trade might be possible. I, I think Maury is a gambler. He sees the odds. He sees the fact that, you know what, there's not that great team. I mean, the Suns are, uh, you know, we probably should consider them a great team, but there's not that team. He looks around, you know, Milwaukee's struggling, the Nets have their issues. He probably looks around the landscape and says, you know, what? with Embiid playing the way he is, maybe I can steal a title if I go all in and get Beal, uh, at least get to a final. So uh, I think there's a trade there for the Sixers. I think the trick, uh, the Sixers still have some value in terms of some futures.
2: Will, uh, I, I'm with you, especially, uh, I, I know you were saying this earlier, uh, The you have made a play though on the Sixers in in the futures market.
4: Yeah, I think the numbers come down a little bit. I think I got him 10 to 1 to win the East last week or so, right when I bet him to win the division. It was just the same kind of thinking with the Nets are a mess. Uh, you know, Philly could rise up and be the one or the two seed and they could just have it where the bracket kind of breaks their way. There was a scenario there where the Nets play the Bucks in the first round in the 4-5, and they kind of knock each other off. Those are the two teams you're really worried about. And uh, I mean, it, it worked out this way last year, and it didn't work out because the, the Sixers got to avoid all the good teams, and they got you know, upset by the Hawks in what was just an epic Epic meltdown by the Sixers, but you could be in a scenario where you have to play the Hornets in the first round and, you know, maybe the bulls or the calves in the second round, and you can kind of tiptoe around the landmines and be in the conference finals before you know it. And, you know, if that's the case at 10 to one, uh, you know, 11 to one still right now, well, that's a, that's a hell of a price. I really like that uh, Sixers 11 to one.
2: Yeah. The, uh, the it, it shop around the, the market yes. right now, the bottom of the market is plus 750. Don't bet that the, Top of the market is eleven to one. There's ten to one out there still. I would say even nine to one is still pretty darn good on Philadelphia to win the Eastern Conference. I'm with you, Will. I, again, I know past history uh, doesn't help them, especially what we oh. saw last year. But look, uh, if they if they were to trade for Beal, and again we have to see how stubborn Daryl Morey is, as we've seen him be very stubborn with uh, dealing Ben Simmons. But they trade for Beal. That's a totally different ballgame, and with the Eastern Conference that. Even though I like Milwaukee still to make it out, that's uh, I'll, I'll take my chances with a big price on Philadelphia against Milwaukee in a playoff series.
4: Yeah, and again, maybe get a scenario where the Nets and Bucks. one of them knocks each other off, and you can kind of tiptoe around these teams where you only have to play Milwaukee or you only have to play the Nets once, uh, one out of the big two, and you play them in the conference finals, and if you're sitting at 10, 11 to 1, uh, you can certainly buy back on the other side and be in good shape.
2: Absolutely. Will Hill with us right now. Of course, the host of the New York City cast. Uh, you can get that anywhere you listen to your podcast and vison.com slash podcast as well. Uh, Will, uh, I, I want to I get to college hoops and then uh, we'll, we'll keep you over for uh, another segment to do uh, all of our thoughts on the big game, at least uh, 10 days out right now. Uh, but the big one tonight in college hoops, of course, these teams met last week. UCLA did whatever they wanted against Arizona. Arizona couldn't make shots. UCLA wins easily last week at Pauley Pavilion. Now they're on the road. It's in Tucson tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern tip. I was a little stunned to see this number when it came out too. last night. And Arizona, who the last two times we saw them, couldn't make a shot against this UCLA, UCLA team. And then even though they won by double digits, struggled against a horrible Arizona state team at the McKell center on Saturday, Arizona's a seven point consensus favorite tonight against UCLA.
4: Yeah. Give me UCLA plus seven. Like you mentioned, Arizona's really struggled shooting the ball 10 for 51 from three, of the last two games uh, and UCLA. They're a top five, top 10 defense in the country. Top five in terms of turnover rate. They don't turn you over. They play really good defense. Uh, a, sh- uh, a struggling Arizona team from the outside. That's a recipe for a close game. Uh, maybe you look at an under two, but seven's a lot of points here uh, for a UCLA team that plays really good. Defense doesn't turn the ball over. I love UCLA here. Plus the seven.
2: Yeah, I, I think, um, I think that's one of those where, well, you just have to take the points and if Arizona beats you, you tip your cap and move to the next one. Just a, a big number. And Arizona of course was what well, they were favored last week at Pauley pavilion, UCLA, winning that game with ease. Uh, one other one that you have will tonight a little bit off the beaten trail, but it, it does involve a team that became a darling last year in the NCAA tournament. Of course, the second 15 seed ever to make the second weekend oral Roberts uh, tonight. They're hosting the leathernecks of Western
4: Illinois. Will they sure are uh, yeah, oral Roberts. They were fun to watch last year in the tournament. They made me a lot of money. I actually had some of the money line versus Ohio state last night. Nice. Uh, I bet on them in the conference tournament. They're fun to watch. They can score. They play no defense whatsoever. They're 220th in the country in defense. Western Illinois can actually score their 20th in, in the country in offense. Uh, I'm not opposed to an over here, but I took Western Illinois plus the seven. I just think this is going to be, you know, a, a back and forth game. Oral Roberts cannot stop a nosebleed on defense. I watched him a lot and uh, Ace Smith is still there. He's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a scorer. I don't know if he can make it in the NBA just because he's so small. I mean, he's a, he's a hell of a college player and he can really shoot can really score. I just think, you know, Oral Roberts plays no defense whatsoever. Western Illinois is pretty good on offense. So uh, I'll take the seven here with, uh, with Western Illinois. Just, just looking at this real
2: quick, uh, Will, because this game was not on my radar before you sent me what you like tonight. We're talking about two top 40 pace teams. So, and both of these teams defensively are in the bottom hundred. Don't be scared of a 162 in college basketball do not bet this under <laughs> that's all I no. do not
4: bet this under and even if you do ridiculous. don't watch it
2: yeah hundred percent uh 162 to total or Robert's seven point favorites against western illinois will likes western illinois getting the seven. He also likes ucla tonight getting seven against arizona will hang on for one more segment here we're yeah. gonna go we're gonna go to the big game Cincinnati, LA, we're going to see what Will's initial thoughts are and if he has any props that he's already played for the Super Bowl coming next Sunday. Will Hill continues on with us here on a numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.